morning. March 4th, 2022 from Western North Dakota. The men and women in blue are coming straight at you off the cuff this morning. Good morning, Chief Dotsinger. Good morning, Kylan. How are you this morning? I'm really good. Thanks for asking. Can you believe it's March already? I, uh, w- just before we got on here, I saw that we got another Arctic front coming in next week, maybe. Trying to keep hold of the winters. Winter for a little bit, tidbit longer than we want. But Well, we definitely could use the moisture, but this winter is starting to get a little long. Yeah, hopeful for maybe a little bit more snow, as we all are. The last couple of winters have been pretty rough on the farmers, as they've been talking. But this is uh, episode number nine. It's kind of hard to believe. I think, uh, right, I think right out of the gates, I was before we got in here, Chief, uh, thinking to myself about like uh, the job that uh, Mike in the room today. We got Chief Fire Chief Jeremy Presno, and then uh, we got Lieutenant Handel Mike Handel, the Mad Mixer over there. But we were just at a, a meeting earlier this week and got a a, a crap load of compliments on the podcast from a lot of people that surprised me that are watching at channel 19 and uh, feedback. So, um, you know, on, on the production end of it and how that things are going. So Mike just hats off to you, man, on how that's been going. And, um, people are obviously noticing the quality of work on that. So, yeah, excellent job, Mike, you know, Lieutenant Hanel, but, uh, not only just locally, we've been getting a lot of, uh, you know, really excellent feedback, but there's a lot of people that are starting to watch this nationally. Even a lot of applicants that we are starting to get to apply for us, they first noticed us because of our podcast episodes. Yeah, I was uh, following the cusp of our last one with uh, Lieutenant Matt Hansen had a recruit reach out from out in the Michigan area. So how these algorithms work on these feeds for YouTube and the platforms that uh, that Mike uses. And a guy said, hey, I saw your off-the-cuff podcast and brought attention to the website and in the mission and what we're doing out here. And, and I think that that individual did apply for us. Is that right, Mike? Yeah, yeah, he did apply. So, you know, it's kind of a unique today, day today. Why is we that? We have a fire chief oh. on our side of the building doing a podcast with us. That we're going to keep going with this conversation. We're going to that we're going to delay that a little bit so we can prolong. <laughs> yeah, make me a little more nervous, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Good morning, Chief Presnell. Good morning. Thanks for having me. How are things over on the other side of the building? It's going pretty good. Yeah, just sticking to moving with the punches. Uh, just trying to keep going. I think for for the listeners, if the public safety center up here, you're aware or not, you know, we share a building with our our fire department um, after the build, and uh, it's kind of a it was a great way I think to tie the two departments together for the city and kind of where it was at the beginning. Because before, I mean, not so much. We were down in the law enforcement center, but that was a nice addition, and and it's it's been pretty good for us. I would say. So, yeah, I think the the relationship uh, is definitely working out well for us. Um, I always said, you know, we moved up into this building right around in 2014. Sometimes you got to have a little bit of separation to be good neighbors. We have the little bit of separation, but uh, we definitely interact well. Our staff gets along well, and uh, we really have a really good working relationship right now with the fire department. Yeah, I think just uh, even since I've been here, we've kind of improved that relationship. I'm improve might not be the right word there was really nothing bad it's just we've built upon that kind of taken down some barriers that that we didn't really weren't uh fully aware that were there but just trying to make it a little more friendly for both sides and i I think it's really worked out uh i think our community is definitely benefiting from that relationship i mean we're on calls together we're, we're out and about doing different community events so it just made sense yeah i mean the evolution of time and i mean the the buses continued to move forward and, uh, you know, with uh, people getting off the bus, new people getting on the bus and and but but all all positive things. I think that 
that you mean, it tees me up for the first thing for our listeners here, you know, I mean, you know, Presno, not necessarily a local name for them, you know, you come in and uh, take the position that you're in now, a prestigious position locally, you know, as, um, as following Chief Sevok and some guys that, you know, were, I don't know, you know, there's some, some dogs that, you know, grew up here and such like that, so... What is, the, what is the community? I mean, you've been around and, and you've had some good exposure up to this point, but tell some of our listeners and viewers, what are they, what are they about Chief President? What do they need to know about you? Uh, <laughs> there's uh, not a lot to know. Uh, you know. I've been doing this for almost 20 years. I've uh, been in the fire service. Uh, born and raised in Idaho. Started my fire service career with the Air Force. Got some really good training that really set me up for the rest of my career. And I've just slowly progressed up and decided to take a little break for a little bit and got into teaching and then uh i ended up here where at did you uh, grow up in idaho a small town called glens ferry idaho about 2500 people i graduated with about 32 kids okay is that uh, desert country or mountain country it's like right on the plains right below the mountains okay okay and yeah, continued on. I mean, stayed. You said you left for departed for a little bit and did some things. I uh, departed the fire service just prior to coming here. Just um, wanted to try and dabble in, in education. Uh, started a fire science program at a little community college there in our area. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. The um, um, what was the, what was the luring thing when you started to look into these um, positions and wanting to kind of step into the role you're in now for for us out here in Western North Dakota. Um, initially it was just to kind of get out there and start interviewing and, and seeing what was out there. But when I got out here interviewing, I just really fell in love with the community. Everybody was so friendly, uh, beautiful community. And I just kind of fell in love with it. Sure. Sure. Uh, from your time, um, some of your major goals coming into it that people could hear from you, uh, you wanted to accomplish coming in and, and how some of those have progressed for you uh, to current day? Uh, I think the biggest goal is just really getting out and involved in the community. I think the fire department, uh, they were involved in the community, but maybe not necessarily as much as they needed to be. Uh, just let the community get to know the fire department, um, get them out there wherever we can. Okay. There's uh, one of the... Uh, nice things on this podcast we start to dive into some some abbreviations and terminology and stuff getting people familiar with you know because we got this uh, cop talk you know and yeah. even first responder talk that goes there but uh what are some things about the dickinson fire department current day that um they, they should know about like what do you what are you guys doing on a day-to-day and uh, how that progress has went from you know the time you took your seat you know I don't know that a, a whole lot has honestly changed. You know, Chief Sevok set a really good foundation for me to build on and, and for our team. Uh, but we, we really got focusing on training and education. That, that's kind of our big thing. Um, that was one thing when I did get here. Uh, they were well-trained. They just didn't have the documentation to back that up to really show how great they were. And we're just trying to really move into some more advanced training. We've kind of hit that limit of, of what we were able to do here and where they were at, and and I really just removed some of the barriers, and my amazing team just took off with it. Chief, what is like a, a daily routine of a, a Dickinson fireman look like? Uh, and, they, yeah, they usually start shift about seven o'clock, um, ready to to go go out and check the trucks, make sure everything's ready to go, all equipment's working, stuff like that. So if we do get on a call, uh, you know, our equipment will fire right up. That they know they have everything ready to go. 
Um, usually after truck checks, which usually takes a couple hours, they'll uh, go work out because physical fitness is a is a huge uh, component of being a firefighter. There's a lot of standards out there for firefighters. Um, you know, and then they eat lunch. Then usually after lunch, it's uh, inspections and training. And then they usually probably sit down for dinner around 6, 7 o'clock. And then after that, it's just more training and uh, taking care of our part-time firefighters, making sure that, that they're getting training as well and any of their needs are met. So within the, the police department, we work 12-hour shifts here. What does your, your shift structure look like? Uh, here in Dickinson, we work a 4896. So our firefighters are on for 48 hours um, and then off for 96 hours. What is... For the listeners, what is the total number of firemen that we have over there and total staff with our fire department here in town right now? Uh, Full-time, we are at 23, and then with part-time, about another 23. Okay. And how does it break down, um, you know, as your structure goes and some assignments and some of those duties and tasks that you guys uh, do on a day-to-day? I mean, some people think fire, fighter, and right? I mean, they're out there holding the hose and they're putting out the blazing flame, but there's there's a lot of other things that on a day-to-day you got some staff taking care of this the community with, right? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, we have people – that's one of the things when we really look at hiring a new firefighter. It, it, we don't necessarily look so much at their ability – to fight fire and stuff like that, because that's something that we can work with. It's, it's those other talents that they have. You know, maybe somebody's good with small engines, able to tear apart a small engine and diagnose and fix stuff like that or, or other vehicles or have other talents. So, yeah, they, we have people that just are really good at that stuff that we put into place that, you know, take care of all of our, our chainsaws, our extrication equipment, stuff like that. Um, you know, we have a couple of talented people that really do love training and, and just are setting up our training program, making sure it's getting pushed out. There's just all kinds of different stuff. And then we get in our fire prevention division that's out there doing, you know, inspections all day long. Um, and then the crews are just familiarizing themselves with, with the, the town. I think that's a good point. You, you guys respond to a lot of different calls other than just fire-related calls. I mean, you guys do medical, uh, crash rescue calls, uh, a lot of that stuff. You want to touch on that a little bit? Yeah, the fire service has kind of evolved from just uh, firefighting. Um, it, it's kind of become all hazards, just like policing has has changed and, and, and really grown into a lot more than just going out there and driving around pulling people over. I know you guys do a ton more than that. Uh, the fire service has kind of done the same thing. You know, we're, we're getting into hazmat stuff where we're responding to fuel spills, gas leaks. Uh, we run EMS calls as a medical assist with the ambulance service um, because they stay pretty busy with the amount of calls they have. We don't transport. We just go help out on scene and help get people into the ambulance, into the hospital. Uh, we do respond to some vehicle accidents, uh, usually if there's airbag deployment, injuries, or, like, fluid leakage. Um, we are the regional hazmat team, so we actually do respond around um, the southwest region in North Dakota for all hazmat responses when requested. Uh, structural collapse, um, confined space, so it's just pretty much everything, and, and the occasional cat in the tree. Gotcha. The, you know, there's a trend nationally uh, that was for a long time that put a lot of things on law enforcement's plate You know, over the course of a decade or two decades, and then pretty soon we were looking at a plate that you know maybe – um, too full and get leading me up to you know thinking about like mental health and, and now there's a big part of it where they're 
you know, even law enforcement will tell you largely that, you know, mental health, they would prefer mental health professionals to be dealing with that. And, and Chief Dotsinger, obviously, been one of his missions trying to get, like, our C at your critical uh, incident team for mental health responses. So we're trained up better on it for sure. But there's another element that, like, we think that there's probably some people better suited to be handling some of these things than, you know, the uniform and the men and women in, in blue. So is there anything like that? Like, you look at uh, as much as you say has grown the fire service. Or is there a, any trends like that or things that the people, or like, hey, fire firemen, firefighters should not be doing this, and that kind of kind of take on it. Um, not that I've really heard, but I would agree with you. I think you know, mental health uh, for you guys, you know, we don't deal with that kind of stuff as much because I, I think because of the lack of resources, you kind of are where people turn to with that immediately. You know, when we get on a call and there's some type of mental health issue, you guys, the police department's usually the ones dealing with it. But I would agree that, that I don't know that we're fully equipped uh, to be dealing with that kind of stuff. Sure, sure, sure. The, uh, and, and so, you know, over the course of time, how has your take on it? Because, you know, all, all humor aside, when we're always teasing each other in the building here on, on uh, the red versus the blue sort of thing, softball game kind of, you know, pairs up some of this stuff for the Yeah, we got to bring up the softball game, right? Yeah. Well, Have I, you ever beat us? Uh <laughs> no, 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 not yet. We're, we've been recruiting. No. We, we got a couple of ballers. Usually the humor is a little more crude than what they're listening to right now. So, uh, Usually. Yeah, Usually. you know, all good, though. Um, but you, um, you know, from so you've been a fire aspiring firefighter your whole career, safe to say you're, for most of your life. How's that? Um, how, how have you seen it in different communities layer into, you know, law enforcement and the blue uniform and, and then up into here in Dickinson? There's always a playful back and forth, uh, you know, a little competitiveness. But, you know, being completely honest, I think coming here and seeing the relationship here in Dickinson, I've never seen it quite like this. The amount of stuff we do together uh, with the softball game, with the blood drive, with the heroes ball, stuff like that, uh, I I really just see us – there's a lot better relationship. Um, You know, out on calls, I I think it it definitely shows – that all this ancillary stuff that we're doing together, it really does improve the quality of service we provide. But it's de- it's definitely unique here. I, I I can say that I've always had a good relationship with law enforcement, uh, but not nothing quite like this. Um, from the time I've gotten here, you know, Chief Dossinger has really, um, for I would say, been a, a great mentor for me. You know, coming into a new community at the 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 fire chief level is a little difficult to really. Uh, immerse yourself into the community just without some help and, and I would say that Chief Dossinger kind of you know has pointed me in the right direction has, has been a mentor there for me has, has always been there for me to kind of talk to about that stuff that you know that I can't talk to my staff about or or to somebody else so I think that that really shows from you know and really helps with that relationship top to bottom. One thing Chief that we've been been working towards for for, for a while is uh, the rescue task force uh, joint as far as a joint police fire response to critical incidents such as a potential active shooter situation. You want to touch on that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, we're this year is going to be jam packed full of, of a lot of uh, training and, and joint uh, response uh, scenarios. Uh, I know right this last weekend we had a, a training going on with you guys, and, and I think it's continuing on for the next couple. Uh, we're sending somebody down. Um, I think next month. Rapid City. Yeah, down to Rapid City for some training, the trainer training. So, uh, yeah, I think it's uh, it's definitely coming together. 
I think in a community our size, you know, it's very important that the community can rely on uh, on public safety to work together, be it the, the fire department, police department, uh, sheriff's department, because we are limited resources. Yeah. In a sense, uh, while the, the, a major incident is going on, all we have is one another to get the job done and, and to serve this community. And I think it's very important that we that we continue to, to work towards and uh, improve our training together, and it's definitely uh, evolving in the right direction. Yeah, I'd agree with you 100%. I think that, that it, it's really starting to come together. You know, the the community doesn't care. So, I mean, they care, but not care about any differences that anybody may have. So I, I can, I think it really goes to show that there isn't. I think we're, we're all here for the same common goal, and that's just uh, looking out for the health and safety of our community. That's, um, that's probably, you know, one thing, this uh, – this integration between us on these um, these active shooter responses, mass casualty, uh, we got some other big things on the uh, uh, in the middle right now. I mean, press is covering some of this, uh, but maybe a real good time between Chief Dossinger and yourself to tee up even further, talking about our uh, aspirations for this uh, joint training center uh, coming up. Making you talk a little bit about that from the uh, firefighter side. And- yeah, uh, big project, super exciting. Um, you know, we recently got to present it in front of the commission, uh, you know, with some really good feedback. But I, I think the, the time's right. You know, I think I keep hearing, hearing the words thrown around, you know, world-class police and fire departments. And, and, you know, maybe I'm a little biased, but I, I couldn't disagree with it. We, we do have world-class police and fire um, and, and just emergency response in this community. Um, but I, I think you guys are probably running the same kind of problems we are. Our, our training facility is very limited with what we can do. It's really limited to, to more basic fire training. And, and a lot of our people have hit that and are exceeding that um, level of training. And, and we're not able to do it here. So we're having to send people out uh, all across the country for this specialized training to bring back to our community. So yeah, having this training facility, uh, for our needs would would help meet some of that where we can have some of that that advanced training here we've kind of positioned ourselves where we have instructors that can teach all this stuff just not the facilities to facilitate that level of training um so it would really help out there but i also think that that we're primed and in a great position to become a regional hub to kind of to be a destination for training with the quality of fire and police that we have here uh, why not share it with the rest of the the region at the least so uh, that would definitely open up a lot of that um, and the ability for us to host some regional trainings bring in some really big names in fire and police and get them here to help train us and and also help out you know some of the smaller communities around us yeah we, we got a lot of support go ahead chief no, I echo what uh, what Chief Presnell said there. You know, our, our training is excellent, but to bring our, our department and, and maybe even the fire department into the 21st century, we need some some resources as far as locations and uh, uh, a place to do this training. We have excellent staff members that have a lot of uh, training experience that do a lot of presentations and, and training, but uh, right now we're being held back a little bit as far as what we can do within our, with our existing facilities. Uh, obviously, a burn, a burn tower for the fire department, uh, what we call a, a dirty classroom for both police and fire, and obviously a, a shooting range for, for the police department, which, you know, that opens up a, a huge topic for our community is a lack of a recreational facility for, for the public to go and shoot at. And at our March 1st uh, city commission meeting, obviously, that we heard some of those concerns from the public and really looking as far as what if we, we are able to move forward with a uh, public safety training center, how can we have that 
public engagement uh, piece of the puzzle to, to be part of this. Yeah, I, th- I think a lot of people, many, many understand, we have a lot of people that have been first responders in the community, and then, but for some that may not understand it as much when they start to hear the discussion, they think of training and they think of it maybe um, at a desk, you know, learning, doing some things, and then they think of like, you know, in, in a room or this static sort of environment where um, this, this takes place in our profession, right? And, um, you know, for us, we, it's not it's to do it well. And, you know, it's got to be dynamic. You got to have space. You got to have, I mean, and then I know I've heard some just say in the past about like, you know, you know, use space and and going to find businesses and and then Lieutenant Handel's here and former SWAT commander thinking about training for SWAT, how difficult that was over the years to be able to uh, lock down locations and things like that to have easily accessible at any time or, or place to go to, to get some of this stuff done. You're really limited and restricted. Um, right now because of that. I mean, we do have some resources and things, but I think a space like this for, you know, for Chief Dawson or us up here and for you over there at the fire department is going to just open up the door because then it's like, well, okay, all this training, okay, all this training, all this training, that's the national, that's the that's the push right now across the country when we're finding for us on the fallibility side, you know, when stuff's going bad and the headlines are hit, you know, it's it's that's the it's a buzzword. Um, sometimes it's used too much, but there certainly is. Uh, it certainly does mean something, and and that's I know. In, in the last year, Chief, you've talked. You know, we're trying to do a big focus on on the training and picking that up and how we're being creative with it. And this training center, I think, allows us to be uh, creative and dynamic. Well, when you have to make those uh, split-second decisions in underneath a high stress, ultimately what you have to fall back on is your training. Yep. And that's what's going to make help make you make that right decision. And, uh, you know, I've learned a lot about the fire fire department and the fire inner workings lately. Chief Preslow and I t- made a trip to Bismarck, and, and turned. Uh, they were nice enough to give us a tour of their, their burn tower, and it was... Uh, I enjoyed it. It was a, a huge learning experience for me. And, and Chief Preston, maybe you want to touch on that a little bit. Yeah, uh, Bismarck did invite us down. Um, we did get to go see a, a really great uh, burn facility, multi-purpose. And I think that's something that, that we do need to emphasize about this training center is everything that we, you know, all the design that went into this and the discussion, we really went with a lot of multi-purpose stuff. So the burn tower is not just for the fire department to burn in. You know, we looked at at making sure that law enforcement could come in and train in it too with with you know searching buildings or or whatever you need so we we tried to make everything pretty multi-purpose so to make sure we got the biggest bang for our buck and and that was throughout the entire facility just like you know chief did talk about that dirty classroom you know to to really explain what that is you know obviously it gets a little cold in north dakota in the winter time and kind of limits our, our outdoor training ability um and then we are limited to sitting behind the desk doing the more static training uh, and that dirty classroom is an area that we can go in and continue to train while it's cold and have trucks pull hose have you know you guys doing what you do um, and it just gives us that space that's climate controlled to to get all that done and be able to go 24 uh, 7 if my crew had it their way they'd be out there with trucks you know in negative 30 and i got to kind of reel them in to make sure we don't damage equipment and keep them with you know a little more of the computer-based training during the winter time what is uh we've talked a bunch and said at the burn tower um what for the listeners what does the burn tower do uh, what is the burn tower maybe in some specific detail 
the burn tower is just a facility, uh, multi-level. Uh, the one we're looking at is three levels that allows us to have live fire, do search and rescue, just all kinds of different fire stuff. Uh, movable walls, so it's never the same to kind of get rid of that. That's one of the limitations of our current burn facility is it's static. We can't move walls or anything like that, so it's the same evolutions going on constantly we can very change them up very little so that that starts to become that muscle memory that we don't want to happen you know in a bad way where this this new one we're looking at walls can be moved uh different rooms can be burned in so um it's just a facility that's made to have live fire happening in it You got your PhD, is that right? I don't have my PhD. Oh. I started my PhD. Oh. I, I saw one of your questions. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, did, I did see that one. I thought it's out on a piece of paper a while back, and on somewhere I read no, something. No, no, I started, but uh, if you're asking about what my dissertation was going to be, yes, uh, yes, yes. So maybe even though we're not completely, what was it going to be? On? <laughs> I didn't submit it for for approval. Uh, I was just going to look at alternate funding sources, uh, almost like a NASCAR approach to the fire service, uh, in in like. Uh, sponsorship okay. to help fund the purchase. Uh, it, it was not very refined. <laughs> I, I, I tell, not real sure that it would have got approved, but kind of, you know, putting a logo on a truck or facilities, stuff like that uh, to help kind of fund some of these projects. But I'm not, it didn't really grab much. Now I'm trying to think what NASCAR logo or sponsor would look good on a red fire truck. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to walk away from this. Yeah. NASCAR is going to stick. I think the, the school kind of walked away from it too. So you wouldn't be the first one. No, I, I, I started the program, uh, actually just, um, a year before I started here. And, um, when I got here, I just felt like the department and the city needed my attention more than me furthering my education. It was more of a personal goal than really that wasn't going to get me anything. Yeah. You know, we're, we have such a close relationship, I think, and as things have got better, you know, with the things that were, you know, Chief Dossinger's mission up here and yourself over there, again, the bus moving forward, you know, our citizens, it's, you know, we, you can, you can talk a lot of smoke for a period of time, but there's, there's certain portions here where they're going to, you know, they want to hear from us. Okay. Well, you know, where, where do we need to get better at? Right? Like, where do you guys need to tell us, you know, it's, you can't, we're not perfect up here. You guys say you're not perfect. So where, where do we need to get better at right now in your eyes, as you continue to evaluate your staff, the department, you know, this joint relationship up here at the public safety center? Um, in terms of, you know, just hitting the public safety center, I don't know that there's really a lot of improvements you can do up here. This is an amazing facility, and, and we've already, you know, really doing our part to make the relationship better every day. You know, I, I, th- I don't think there's a whole lot to build on there. In terms of the fire department and what we have to improve on, I mean, we're looking at stuff every single day. We're looking for, for efficiencies in response. Um, I think our, our biggest shortcoming, in my opinion, in the fire department was just our community involvement. Like, and that's hard because you guys, the police department is so involved in the community. So, you know, I look at it and base it off what you guys are doing. And it's like, wow, we're, we're really lacking in, in community involvement. I mean, you guys got uh, the coffee with the cop. Um, there's so many efficient bobbers and yeah. badges. I think you guys call it, you know, whatever, whatever creative name, yeah. um, the podcast, which, which has turned out to be really great. Um, I mean, there's just countless, um, community events that you guys have. And, and there are some that we, we do with you guys, like the touch a truck, I think stair climb, uh, yeah, stair climb, the heroes ball, stuff like that. So I, I think that was a, a huge shortcoming. I, I really like to be involved in the community, even with small things, you know. Um, and 
just overall efficiencies is the big thing. You know, um, the, the fire service is just so has tradition so instilled in our, in our fabric uh, mm-hmm. that sometimes we do stuff because that's the way it's always been done. So I think that was one of the biggest things that we really did when I, when I got here was we started looking at how can we make things better. Uh, customer service is a huge thing for me. Uh, and that is, you know, one thing that I really wanted uh, my team to emphasize is, is just doing, getting out there and, and being polite and, and, and courteous to, to our community. One thing, Chief, that kind of touched on a little bit is what you're doing with the schools uh, right now as far as kind of in conjunction with the CTE Center coming and what you guys have really established with the, in programming with the schools. Yeah, uh, some exciting stuff going on there. Um, you know, when I first got here, my, my team did approach me. They're like, hey, we'd really like to get a uh, high school fire academy going. So I was like, yeah, yeah. You know, eventually. You know, we had so much stuff going on, and then the school reached out, and we threw together a program in, in a little under a month because they needed it to either happen now or it wasn't going to happen. Um, and that's just really taken off. We went from, like, 13 students that first year, I think it was in 20, I think is when we first started it, uh, to this year we're, we're already at, like, 23 students. And, and that's about our limit on what we can allow just for, for instructor-student uh, ratio. Um, but they've, they're, they've asked us to expand that program now. Um, it is a Firefighter 1 Academy, the most basic uh, firefighter training, into Fire 2 um, coming up in this next year. Um, and then we also started talking with Dickinson State, or have been talking with them for a while, for an associates in fire science. So we're hoping those two really mesh well together. These, these high school students can kind of get almost about a, you know, a year's worth of this program done while they're in high school, uh, through us and then move into this associates program that, that we're also um, spearheading with the college. And I really think that's the future of education and, and career is the, uh, you know, more of the, the technical programs uh, for, a lot of, for a lot of students. I think that's the direction to go. I, I think I agree with you 100%. I, I think that that's what kids are going to start looking at is, is a profession, not necessarily just a degree in whatever they're they're looking at these technical skills especially in this area i mean you know with the with the oil fields and and just law and fire and and all these other uh industries i i think that that's what the community is looking for too is some of these more technical um uh, college programs and i think one thing moving forward with the public safety training center is hopefully we can build off of some of them partnerships with Dickinson State University, the Dickinson Public School System, the Fire Department, the Police Department to, to help really shape and, and move that, uh, that center along. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And I think that, you know, you can attest to that. That's something that we've discussed going through this whole planning and design of this facility is to help meet those needs because I, I, you guys have your, your college program going and, and have a high school program, and, and I think that's going to become a big part of this as well. And I think it's excellent uh, recruiting material, too, for the university to have. Uh, obviously, the criminal justice program is getting off to a good start. But I think there's also demand for the fire science program, and I think that could be a huge recruiting tool for Dickinson State. Where else in the region, uh, other, like we're talking about here, do you know like the Bismarck, Rapid City, Billings, Fargo, do you know Minot, Grand Forks, uh, with a fire science program you know, built into the schools? Are you familiar with where like the next closest one would be or a close one? There's nothing in North Dakota. Um, I believe I was told Moorhead. Is that right across the river? Yeah. Yeah, in Minnesota. 
is the closest. And that and that's where, you know, I've I have several staff members or team members that, that that's where they got their education at. So okay. that, that are from Dickinson that, that left this area to you know to yeah. go over there and then come back and get a job. So I, I think that's why these programs are important too. I mean it'd been a great to to have these these firefighters that went over to Moorhead to get their degree stay here in Dickinson, get their degree here and get a job in Dickinson. So yeah, I think it'll be great stuff for the listeners with the, sometimes the kids forget to bring the homework home and yeah. sometimes they're not telling them exactly what's what's out there. So the moms and dads, you know, yeah. these programs that are there for for our young folk. And I, I and we kind of skipped over it. I want to go back. So you, I mean, you came out and you brought your family with you. I right? did. Yep. Yep. And uh, three children? Brought two. The third one came all yeah, over yeah, here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> third one is in North Dakota. Yep. Yep. The the true North Dakota, the only yeah. one in the family. But yeah, uh, when I moved over here, obviously, I, I my wife and our two children moved over with us. We have uh, a thirteen year old, a two and a half year old, and a seven month old. Oh boy. Yeah. That's we, a nice spread right there. All crossed. Yeah. yeah. Crosses. You got the teenage thing going on and the diaper thing going on. Good kids, but yeah, we're starting to dabble in the teenage thing. It's, uh, you yeah. know. Yeah, that's great. Um, you know, we, we know up here you're a really prideful guy and, you know, allow what you want to do and accomplish. What are, what are some things that you're, you, you worry about most as the fire chief right now? What are some things that, um, you know, just in your position that either they constantly bother you or it's just, you know, flashes in your head, things you're fearful in your, you know, from your position? Yeah, I think, you know, you you brought up in in terms of the types of calls and and the the mental health issue that we have going around i think just in the general population the stuff that worries me is that mental health issue within my own organization because uh, it is a pretty big thing that's going on that the the fire service and and i don't imagine that law enforcement's exempt from it but we're dealing with a lot of responder mental health too that that kind of stuff keeps me up at night making sure that i'm you know that my team's getting taken care of if they're struggling with something that they know you know what options are out there for them um that that's really the thing that, that i worry about the most i listened to a podcast the other day and they they broke it down like this uh, and they're like <clears throat> and I, it's kind of a a play on on the words here but it's like well when you get these first responders coming it's like well the police show up and it's kind of like dad coming to the party <laughs> It's kind of like, yeah, you know, then the firemen come to the party and it's kind of like the cool uncle that shows up. The really know, cool uncle. The really cool yeah. uncle, you know, and then you get your, your EMS, which is kind of like, well, mom's here. She's going to fix this all, you know? And so, but you know, that's, that's the fun side of it. And it just comes back, but we know that that's not because I mean, there's a, the, the, the crap that, you know, your guys are seeing uh, on the response to be it a fire, uh, be it on these accidents, the EMS stuff, uh, life-saving measures and things. There, there's a ton of it that takes place every day throughout the week. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, you talk about the firefighters being the cool uncle, but, you know, I think a lot of that just comes, a lot of it's in our head. We're probably not as cool as what we think, but, uh, you know, we, we do uh, kind of deal with a lot of issues with humor, and we tend to be a little more happy-go-lucky type, type people. Kylan, do you know when there's a firefighter at a party? I do. I don't. I don't. They'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, I, I was waiting for the jokes to come, right? <laughs> waiting for it. Yeah, I, got, I got a few, too. I mean, I, I got them, right? Like, uh, what's the difference uh, in the way um, people wave to a cop versus a firefighter? I don't, I don't know. 
Uh, people wave at firefighters with five fingers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I hate that. That's a good one. Of it. That's the truth of it. Not necessarily so, here. Well, we love our police department. Right. I just, it's been hard for me to understand. It's like, you know, if you can come and the structure burns down and the basement's filled with water and they still say you're a hero. I just, uh, it was, you know, that's one. Thing. I don't know. I, get, I ponder on that deeply, you know, when I'm by myself, but it's... Uh, do you know what superhero the Dickinson Fire Department was always trying to recruit? Who? Aquaman. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I think a lot of that. <laughs> I, I, I tried to keep from laughing and giving that more credit than what it deserves. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to change the subject. You know, I'll go back to, to Kylan's about you know why they still love us. It's the mustaches. Yeah, no doubt. The mustaches make people smile. You got a good one going there too. Yeah, I, I don't know about that, but uh, I, I definitely have the smallest one in the, <laughs> the department. They finally talked me into growing one. I held out for a while. You got a couple guys over there. I'm surprised they can get into that big rig with those things coming out. I mean, they're like whiter than their cheeks and out the window. And they, they tuck it behind their ears to get look, in the truck. They do look good, though. You, you, <laughs> gotta, you, you really do have, in, in an all serious matter, they're a, a very professional looking group. And, uh, and the, the fitness thing, as you talked about them working out, you know, we plug and play and tease, but you can tell that it's a big part of what you're trying to accomplish over there and, or, or foster and, and as a culture. You have a very good professional image right now with your, your firefighters in your department so thank you yeah i think they're really working hard at that too uh, you know we, we've made a few changes I, i'm sure people have noticed specifically uh you know other first responders we, we've changed our look just a little bit and and just the way we act and i think that that's really being noticed and i do appreciate the comment you're gonna have a bunch of your guys listening to this, right? They you already told me. Yeah, they they were a little upset that they couldn't do it live. Yeah, I bet we get get some uh, bleachers in the background yeah, yeah. And, and see if Mike couldn't work that one. He'd probably have to do a little bit of editing, throwing snowballs at us or something. But uh, you know, they're gonna be listening to the messaging and, and such from you. I mean, and, and as a leader, you know, uh, some somebody at the front of the pack on this deal. What are what are some pieces of advice that you wish you would have had as a young firefighter, as a young man, uh, life in general, coming into this profession? You know, you think it now, because you're blessed, obviously, you're, you're still a young man, you know, you and I are the same age, and it's like the, but you think back in that way, you still, you know, you're in this new position, and all these other things start to open up in front of you, um, so you have anything you could add to that that rebuttal with? You know, I, I've thought about this kind of stuff before, and I don't know if there's anything that, that you know, <clears throat> if I would have known before that I would have done different. Uh, just besides, I wish I would have gotten to it even sooner. It's the greatest job in the world. Like, I, I honestly love coming to work every day. Uh, you know, I'm the type of person that wakes up at 5 in the morning, gets dressed, and gets to the station immediately. Uh, you know, and, and works all day, and I'm just here all the time. But, yeah, I don't I don't know if there's anything specifically that that, that I wish I knew uh you know, back then, that the, the could have helped me, you know, uh, be more successful or anything like that. Besides just, you know, uh, listen to the people that were there before you. Uh, whether they're giving you great advice or, or bad not. advice, you'll yeah. learn something from it either way, uh, either what not to do or what to do. So, um, you know, respect that and, and really really take in what those people that do have the experience because just, just going through a class and reading the book doesn't, doesn't prepare you for everything. Um, 
you know, and just treat people right. Sure. <laughs> how do you how do you balance that that work and in home life? Public safety, it's always tough. You know, trying to, you know, everybody should communicate to to a certain degree with your, your family or your spouse yeah. as far as what what you're going through, but yet keep that, uh, you know, confidentiality. How do you how do you balance that? Um, yeah, I don't know that I'm the right person to ask about balancing life and work. I, and my wife would tell you that I'm terrible at it. Um, you know, I, I, I really try not to take work home. So when I'm home, I'm home. Uh, you know, it, it'll always find you because emergencies happen, you know, at all hours of the day. But, um, you know, I just try to set aside time for my kids and my wife uh, and, and just completely leave work out of it. Because I, I don't know how it is in law enforcement, but in, in fire, if we're together, we're talking about fire stuff and our wives hate it. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, it seems like sometimes in a law enforcement world, there's a lot of friend groups that are cop groups because you, you always seems like you always have to talk about work or yeah. is that kind of the same on the, on, on the fire side of it? Yeah, 100 percent. Yeah, we're all friends with each other. A lot of them hang out on the weekends. You know, we do stuff together and, uh, you know, it, it does great things for building your team. I think it makes you a more cohesive team, but at the same time, it's really hard to, to push work away and, and actually get away from it. So what do you do to de-stress? What are some fun things, hobbies? What do you, what do you like to do? Um, I like to woodwork. Uh, not really so much here yet, because uh, when we did move, we kind of downsized everything, and, and apparently that meant that all my tools and stuff got downsized and everything else made it out here. More trees in Idaho, too. Yeah, a lot more trees in Idaho. <laughs> uh, right now, really, it's just getting home and, and hanging out with my kids I, you know, and my wife just as much as I can when I can. Do they come up here to the station much, the kids? And um, like not really. My kids are rambunctious. <laughs> my my two-and-a-half-year-old's a, a little, little wild, so can't really just let them loose anywhere. Aspiring uh, firefighter and the teenager? No, no, he wants to be a cop. Yeah? Yeah, really? yeah. He... he uh, you got the good DNA, huh? Uh, yeah, you can call it what you want. <laughs> Somebody corrupted his mind somewhere down the line. No, um, he he does. He, he thinks it's pretty cool. Like he's he's been to the station a full times and, or a few times, and he'll sit at the door and, and when there's a one of the police officers out in the lobby or something, and I just haven't. I, yeah, I want to bring him over to meet you guys because yeah. you know he did want to be a cop. He goes back and forth between being a cop and uh, being an engineer, like my wife. Oh well, yeah, those two ends of the spectrum. There. Way, way two ends of the yes. spectrum. But, but if you would ask me when I was in high school what I wanted to be, it definitely wasn't a firefighter. Yeah. Firefighting found me. Sure. You know, we, we you got the stage, you got the mic. I mean, any uh, some things for some some last thoughts or uh, for our listeners related to the Dickinson Fire Department. You know, underneath Chief Presnell right now, and some messaging or anything you could provide them. Um, we'll really be engaging with the community here. You know, a little more here soon. Uh, you know, kind of up on her our horizon is uh, working on a strategic plan for the fire department, just putting some pen to paper on what our roadmap is going to be. And we're going to need a little bit of the, you know, community involvement in that to kind of get that process going. So that's really the biggest thing. We're just trying to kind of get everything on the back end of that ready to go so we can get moving with that process. So, uh, you know, the biggest benefit of having some strategic strategic plan for the fire department is just making sure that all of our resources are being focused in the right direction where, where the community wants us to be 
uh, where we see ourselves and, and what the community needs. How far out there would you like your strategic plan to go? Three years, five years? I think or? we're, we're going to work on a, a for, at first, probably a five year. Okay. Yeah. I, I think, because uh, it, it, this initial one's probably going to be a pretty long, drawn out process. And I, I don't know that I'll get as much participation if I'm trying to do it in three years. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, that's really good stuff. Anything else? Uh, no, I'm terrible at this stuff. Yeah. 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 I'm, not, I'm honestly not a talker. I'm usually pretty quiet. Okay. No, that's no problem. I mean, I, Chief, do you have any thing for uh, Chief Presnell while we got him teed up here? You know, one thing he didn't tell us was that you like to rap. I, I don't necessarily like to rap. I don't know if you could call what I do <laughs> rapping. Uh, I like hip-hop music, yeah. I told him uh, for... I told him before this that he was going to have to do a 10 to 15 second clip, like an impromptu, and I was going to give him the category, and he was going to have to roll yeah. with it, like communications uh-huh. 101. And I don't, we we probably wouldn't have, we probably wouldn't have, we would have lost him if that would have followed through with that one. It's so crazy that I that I chose rap music as my music of choice. Uh, grew up on a, a farm my entire life. Dad listened to country. Mom, more like, I don't even know what the genre is, but more like, uh, um, Oh, I can't. Michael Bolton and stuff. I don't know what genre that is. Soft rock, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. And then me uh, and my brother are like straight hip hop. Yeah, I was the same. It was Dwight Yoakam and an AM radio. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I my early early influence though uh, before I got into hip hop was like Billy Ray Cyrus, Achy Breaky Heart. Oh yeah, can't go wrong with that. <laughs> Alan Jackson and with the line dance to go with it too. I wasn't a dancer. I'm not no, not a dancer. That surprises me. Yeah. I mean, I could, <laughs> As smooth as I look, I can't dance. Yeah, <laughs> baby face, no doubt. Um, well, okay, so we uh, here we, we like to finish it off with a little speed cuffing. We call it no speed cuffing. I know, so you hear that noise in the background, yeah. right? It's like click, click. We try to get these handcuffs on as fast as we can when we're in some of these circumstances. And so we're going to be presenting you some questions, and then you are just to respond just as fast as you can, just at the tip of the tongue, whatever comes out. It's a Freudian slip. So be it. That's yeah. all right. Mikey can't edit anything here, just so you know. Yeah. No extra pressure. <laughs> no. Lucky me. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, it'll be about 30 seconds. We'll try to get through as many as we can and have some fun with it. So do you think you're ready to do it? Probably not, but let's do it. Okay. All right, Mikey, cut it loose. Ladder truck or tanker? Ladder truck. Idaho mountains or desert? Mountains. Your favorite book of all time? Harry Potter. Dr. Dre or Snoop Dogg? Dr. Dre. The movie Backdraft or Ladder 49? Ladder 49. First professional fire department in the U.S. was in what city? Boston. Interior attack or surround and drown? Interior. Favorite flavor of hot sauce? Hot sauce? Ooh, oh, that's a tough one. I, I, Finish I it out. Finish I, it I'm up. kind of a wimp. I don't. I'm not a huge hot sauce, and don't really. Maybe uh, none. Cholula. Cholula. That's yeah. not. That's a good uh, one. Yeah. Uh, Cincinnati on the first. Was uh, it Cincinnati? Professional okay. fire yeah. department here. Yep. So that's good stuff. Uh, Chief Presnell, appreciate you being with us here for this episode number nine, and. Uh, Chief Dossinger, for our listeners, you have any parting words for him? No, I'd like to thank Chief Presnell for coming aboard today and uh, look forward to continuing to work with the fire department and improving the public safety for the for our community. And uh, thank you for coming over today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, didn't really get into my groove until there at the end, but it was yeah. fun. All right. We're going to have episode 10 uh, coming off here in another month or so. Uh, for everybody now that's, that's listening, please uh, continue to subscribe podcast uh, to the podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google. Channel 19 it's on right now. It's getting a lot of traction. Facebook, um, Amazon Music. 
I mean, Mikey's got it everywhere. So just search off the Cuff Podcast, share it, follow us. Uh, Thank you, everybody. Have a good one. Maybe we'll see you in your groove at the Heroes Ball coming up. April 9th.